And, uh, find a seat and uh, turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. First of all, grace and peace to all of you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So good to have you here today. Um, we are in the second part of a two-part sermon First part was last week, and we're looking at Colossians 2, verses 6, 7, and 8. And um, last week, I talked about the first two of the four qualities, rooted and built up in Him, in verse 7. I talked about each of those in terms of what they mean, the rooted and built up, what those mean. And then I talked about what a positional understanding of faith is, rooted and built up in Him. Uh, we looked at the way Paul wrote the book of Colossians, how he started chapter one with the standard greeting. And he goes into this huge section about the doctrine of Christ into chapter two, takes a little break for two, six, seven and eight, and then even continues in chapter two with the doctrine of Christ. So this challenge that he gave these four that we're going to look at the third and fourth today is bookended by doctrine by a positional understanding of our faith, what it means that we are positioned in Christ, in his past, present and future person and work. We looked at the two duties of a believer, one negative, one positive. Verse eight tells us to be careful to watch out, to see to it that we don't get made a captive of empty, deceitful philosophy. Uh, Paul was writing to combat a particular one called Gnosticism. I won't go into that today. But last week we even looked at one, uh, uh, an empty and deceitful philosophy that is present today called prosperity theology. Finally, the challenge was given to get, in, get into small groups for accountability and growth as the positive step. We need to get with other believers and get into community in order to grow. So this week, we're going to look at the third and the fourth qualities strengthened or made firm in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So uh, in honor of the reading of God's word, if you would all stand. Colossians chapter two, verses six, seven and eight. Therefore. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and firm in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through an empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Thus saith the word of the Lord. You can be seated. So, strengthened in the faith, made firm in the faith as you were taught. So we've got the third and the fourth quality and the first is strengthened and made firm. The second is overflowing. So um, as we looked at this book, as we as we looked at the whole letter to the to the church in Colossae and we looked at the way chapter one starts and we looked at the way chapter two develops and even into chapter three, what we talked about last week, you're going to hear a lot of today. Because these are set up as a parallel structure. You have rooted and built up in him 
strengthened in the faith, made firm as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Go down, go up, go in, go out. So it, you're going to hear a lot of the same things. Um, so don't be surprised about that. But let's look at the Greek for a little bit. Strengthened. Uh, the word is bebayao. Strengthened. Made firm. Established. Made sure. And this word gives us direct parallels to growth in many things. But the translation strengthened in the faith gives us a fantastic metaphor to work with. Uh, exercise. Strengthened. Made strong. So... Um, just so I know that this metaphor is going to connect, how many of you at one point in your life have, have ever done some intentional program of physical fitness? Ever? Okay, good. How many of those were concentrated in like the first three weeks of January? Yeah. Just kidding. Um, okay, so those of you, and I know that there are experts out there, and um, so I, lots of feedback, good nods if I'm on track, and you know, give me the look over the rim of your glasses there if I'm not doing something right here in terms of exercise. But um, let's just run with the metaphor of exercise. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So with the metaphor, first of all, exercise. There is a right and a wrong way to exercise. The best way to see results in any training regimen is not the regimen, it's not connected to the regimen itself, but instead the principles of physical fitness. doesn't matter which particular regimen you do as long as you have the three principles of physical fitness. The first is consistency. Physical fitness, consistency. Whatever you're doing, do it regularly and don't stop. Is it every day? Great. Is it three times a week? Great. Is it once a week? Great. Do it regularly and don't stop. Consistency. The second principle of physical fitness exercise regimen is form. When you work out, you need to go through the full range of motion in any given exercise. So, for example, if you were going to lift and I was going to work on my biceps and, uh, and I, I just did one of these things and I didn't go through the full range of motion, I'm not going to work my biceps as much as if I went all the way down and all the way up. Full range of motion. Form. The second important part about form is not only working, getting the most out of the exercises that you do, but it's protecting against injury. You need to understand the way your joints work, the way your body is made up. And you need to work and move with your body, not against it. You will get better and more effective work done and have less injury with better form. Consistency, form, and finally, integration. If you're going to participate in an exercise regimen and you want that to lead to health, it has to be integrated with the rest of your life. It has to, it has to fit with your diet. It has to fit with your sleep. It has to fit in your schedule it has to fit in your relationships. And conversely, you need to make your schedule fit around exercise. You need to make your diet fit around exercise. If your exercise regimen is not connected and integrated with the rest of your life, you're not going to see results. Your program probably won't last. Yeah. 
So, those three things. Consistency in an exercise regimen. Form and integration. The three principles of physical fitness. So, we have to ask, does your relationship with God, your training regimen of faith, if you will, have these three qualities? Are you consistent in your faith? Do you consistently attend services somewhere, here or somewhere else? Do you consistently attend a small group? Do you consistently listen to podcasts or radio broadcasts? Do you regularly try to learn something new about God? Do you regularly read His Word and pray? Are you consistent or do we treat our faith like the New Year's Resolution gym membership where it spikes in January and then tapers off by about March, mid-March, early April to the people that just go every year all the time? What about form? When you get into your faith, how is your form? Do you go in kind of willy-nilly? Or are you intentional about which books you read? Do you actively avoid situations where you would encounter temptation? Form. Do you seek healthy relationships? Are you careful to get the full range of motion so you get the most out of your small group, your church, your Bible, your devotional, your conference? And finally, is your faith integrated with the rest of your life? Again, this integration is not about wearing bracelets. It's not about quotas of how many people you have evangelized. But does your faith inform how you vote? Does your faith inform how you drive? Does your faith inform how you eat, how you relate to your spouse, your friends, your family? Does your faith inform how you work? How you spend. Strengthened in the faith. In the way that you were taught. So now there's the same caution. You remember how I connected rooted and built up in him. Verse seven, I connected that to the caution in verse eight. The same connection to strengthen into faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness also is connected to the caution in verse eight. Don't waver from the orthodox strengthened in the faith as you were taught don't waver from the orthodox and i realize that to some of you i'm sure this comes off as sounding harsh or closed-minded and it doesn't have to be notice in terms of the principle consistency form integration i did not tell you how often to attend church i just said attend church consistently. I didn't say how much Bible to read. I didn't say how many devotionals to do, how much time to spend in prayer. Whatever you do, do it consistently. Maybe your work schedule doesn't permit you to go to church on Sundays. And maybe right now the podcast that goes out every week, you're identifying with that because, you know, it's in the ski season and we've got ski instructors that go to our church. They can't attend church. So this is not a guilt trip to say there is only one way. Form. When I talked about the form, actively avoid temptation. I didn't say which temptations to avoid. I didn't, I didn't draw hard lines around that. Integration. I didn't tell you how to vote. I just said, does your faith inform how you vote? I didn't tell you how to spend. I just ask the question, does your faith inform how you spend? 
So these connections and this challenge don't waver from the orthodox, does not have to be closed-minded. There's a balance here for sure. And I could spend a lot of time here. We're using one metaphor, physical fitness. Let's use another one, baking. There are a huge and delicious variety in the ingredients you can include in whatever baking you want to do. But there are basic rules. For example, if a recipe calls for baking soda and you put too much baking soda in, or you don't include baking soda, or because I, for whatever reason, have this thing about not ever wanting to follow the recipe, I put baking powder instead of baking soda in. Um, There are these rules. It doesn't matter if you have... I had a a very delicious homemade muffin this week uh, made by a friend and dropped off. It was great, and there were nuts, and there was orange peel and craisins and all these... It was awesome. But there was a foundational experience that had to be part of that before she could ever get to the variety. Because if you if you mess that up in baking, whatever you bake will come out like a brick. Trust me, I've been there. So there is this challenge. Don't waver from the orthodox. But the balance with that is there is freedom in that still. So there's the baking metaphor. Let's go back to the exercise metaphor. If you go to Target and you buy an ab roller, 19.99 on the shelves of your local Target, and you do the ab roller consistently, and you do that with good form, and you integrate the use of the ab roller into the rest of your life, will you get in shape? Yes, you will. How about if you call for 15 easy payments of $900, the Chuck Norris gravity roller system. I'm up late at night. I'm sorry. I am. Um, So what if you buy that and you do it consistently and you do it with good form, getting the full range of motion and you integrate the use of the Chuck Norris gravity roller system into, will you get fit? Yes. What about P90X? What about skiing? What about the strict and macho discipline of belly dancing, Uh, Olympic weightlifting, swimming, yoga, running? If you have the principles of exercise, consistency, good form and integration, will you get fit? Yes. Some of them will emphasize other areas. Some may emphasize flexibility. Some may emphasize strength. Do you kind of see how the metaphor is tracking with faith? So. As I turn the page here, the application becomes strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You can be a Methodist who loves Jesus. You can be a Lutheran who lives in a deep daily walk with Christ. You can be a Catholic or a Pentecostal or a Presbyterian or a Mennonite if you have a solid Rooted and built up positional understanding of your faith in Jesus as the Bible teaches. If you take that faith and work it out consistently with good form and you integrate it into your life, you will be overflowing with thankfulness. You just kind of will mix the metaphors here. Let's go back to Christianity. Some people, some people work out every day. Some people work out once a week. 
Some people love to wear special clothes. And you say, man, you can only work out if you wear these special clothes. Some people don't care. Guys, and again, I'm mixing these metaphors, but we get so caught up with the merits of one exercise system over another, often we forget that it's the core principles that make any of them work. Just like we get caught up in particular expressions of faith and we love to hold up the merits of one against another and we love to fight about it. And at that point, we have missed the point. Look at what Paul says in Colossians 3. Is Andy here? Is he over there somewhere? Do you have a Bible? Would you read this for us? Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Stand up and read it loud. It is a test. It is a test. Andy and I met at the, uh, we had a fantastic, uh, fantastic ski day at the basin on Friday. And he mentioned that uh, he would be willing to read in this service. So I'm calling him out. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. And again, this is about getting caught up in the merits of one expression of faith over another and saying, you must My particular expression of faith is the only way. And I say we have missed the point. Look at what Paul says in chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 12 to 17. And there's the connection, overflowing with thankfulness. The metaphor continues as we talk about being rooted and built up in Him. There is a prescribed path for that. As we talked about being strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, there is a prescribed path for that. Let's go back to the exercise metaphor. If you came to me and said, hey, Eric, man, I got this thing. And um, all you really need to do to get in shape is to blink your eyes a hundred times a minute and eat nothing but a certain type of tree leaf. And I tell you, you'll get strong. If you came to me and said that, I would politely thank you for your suggestion and immediately find somewhere else to be and someone else to talk to. If you came to me and you said, you know what, Eric, there is only one shape that is healthy. There is only one body mass index number that is healthy. And unless you're that, you have failed. Everyone should be able to do a hundred pull-ups if they really want to. 
It's all about how much you want it. It's all about how much you, you desire it. Guys, again, mixing my metaphors, these are examples of dangerous and destructive shortcuts or expectations that we are offered, that we encounter, that we should run from as fast as we can. When someone offers you a faith shortcut, this is the connection from 7 to 8, be careful. When someone offers you a faith shortcut, you should also run. If someone tells you that a certain prayer will get you rich, or a certain song or a certain style is the only way to worship, or that cancer or AIDS are an illusion, just a matter of agreeing with something that's false. If someone tells you Jesus was just a man who wanted us to be greater than he was, thank them politely for their suggestion and immediately find somewhere else to be and someone else to talk to. Be careful. Be careful. See to it that you are not made a captive by empty and deceitful philosophies that depend on human tradition more than on Christ. So says the word of the Lord. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith in the way that you were taught, and finally overflowing. Strengthened, bebayao, overflowing, pereshuo overflowing, abounding to exceed a fixed number of measure, a thing which comes in abundance and overflows into other areas, flowing, overflowing with thankfulness or gratitude. Does gratitude overflow your life? Here's the thing. When you look at the Greek, the first three, rooted, built up, strengthened or made firm, these are all in a passive tense in the Greek. As is overflowing. Here's the connection. If, with God's help, you come to an understanding of who Jesus is, Jesus, very God of very God, co-equal and co-essential with the Father, if you comprehend what he did for you, that God came to earth, was born in a manger, lived a life wrapped in our sinful flesh, satisfied requirements that no other man ever could, was crucified. Which is a, a torturous fate, as bad or worse than any in all of human history, was made to be sin was separated from the Father, rose after three days from the dead at His own will, ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father where He still sits and advocates for us if you are rooted in this. If you are built up and strengthened in this fact, guess what? Your life will overflow with gratitude. It's a necessary end. If you exercise consistently, whatever that is, if you do it with good form to make the most out of your exercise and avoid injury, if you integrate that physical regimen into the rest of your life, will you be healthy? Yes. Yes. Health is not something that we get Health is something that we are. 
Health is a byproduct of a lifestyle. A life marked by gratitude is a guaranteed byproduct of immersing yourself in faith. If you consistently practice your faith, if you have good form in its practice, and if you integrate that faith in the rest of your life, you will be different. Amen? So what then is the challenge before us today? I want to tell you a story. I have to brag on my friend Bob Petrick. Um, Bob is, uh, well, both Bob and, and Ruth are some of the most passionate people I think you'll ever meet. And um, Bob and I were hosting, volunteer hosting at Arapahoe Basin on Friday, which, how many of you guys got out Friday? Spectacular, yeah? Oh, man. It was amazing. Um, and um, actually, no, this was Wednesday. He and I were hosting Wednesday. And um, it was about 1230, and Merle... Um, Sorry, if you're listening, or he's probably going to be here next service. It was 1230. It was near the end of our shift. Uh, and so Bob says, you know, there's nothing going on down here at the base. Let's go ski together. And he asked where I wanted to go. And I said, um, take me to the land of the giants. Uh, you know, so Arapaho Basin. And so it's kind of the lower East Wall area. And I've never been over there. Um, and so it's, it is expert terrain. I mean, it's, it's the black uh, stuff. And at the basin, they mean black when they say black. And um, the thing is, I had a great time, and I've always wanted to go over there, but I never would have. Until Bob says, hey, come with me. So we head, we head up the Lenaway lift to the top. We come down Humbug. We go through the upper gate, and Bob takes the lead. And we go through, and there's a, you, you kind of do a little traverse, and there's a bowl that you go. And so we dropped into the bowl six or seven turns, and we stopped, and we looked, and there's rocks and there's shoots and so we do some of that stuff and he's like let's traverse a little bit more and we drop down this open face it was spectacular bob petrick if you don't know him he's a great skier he is a fantastic guide and one of the things that makes him a fantastic guide is he looks at you and he says i know you can do this he says that and then he says come with me and i'll show you that you can do this. So, I, and then there's Bob on the one hand, and then there's me on the other. And guys, I ski more terrain better when I don't try to do it alone. And I know that there are guys out there who, you know, the, the one percenters of the ski industry who say, oh, well, unless you're skiing, you know, the East Vale shoots, you're no good. Um, but that's not... Man, that is not the norm. I think the norm is those of us, let's just use skiing as a metaphor now, our experience of the mountain is better. We have a better day when we ski with others. We ski more terrain better when we ski with others. We grow more as skiers and even as people. Because guess what? All of a sudden, we have somebody looking at us and saying, I know you can do it. Come with me. I'm going to show you that you can do this. And you get down and you say, I can do it. I can do it. Wow. And the parallels continue because we have to be willing in those situations to expose ourselves to other people. I had to be willing to let Bob see my faults as a skier. And boy, he did. It was ugly. I got down, but it was ugly. 
Um, and it was awesome. This beautiful, beautiful ugliness of my skiing. Um, you know, and I had to trust him not to leave me behind. And I had to trust him not to attack me for my faults. Guys, if we would all treat each other in the faith the way Bob treated me Wednesday, think about what our church would be. When we get into community, we'll go places that we wouldn't have gone by ourselves. We will grow more. We will do more better than if we were on our own. So, Dave and Kathy, would you guys come up? And uh, we, as a community, have been talking about this for weeks now. And we have a fantastic way, a great opportunity for you guys to drop in and uh, experience faith better. And it's called the 40 Days of Love. So, Dave, I'm going to ask you first, tell me a little bit about the book. Just the 40 Days of Love, Tom Holiday. Tell me about the book. Give me your impressions of this. Well, I think uh, we found in our small group that the book is outstanding in the sense that uh, it brought a whole new meaning to all of us in our small group as far as uh, relationships go. And the six principles that are identified in here, wow, they really speak to the heart. And you might think, especially guys, you know that we have a handle on relationships. But I promise you, when you get into this book, you really see it in a whole different light and through the eyes of how Jesus was teaching uh, relationships as being fundamental to everything that we uh, do and go about. Great. And uh, first of all, I just appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for being here and doing this. Thanks for all your work with the coordination and the slides. You're fantastic. So um, just with today, the strengthened as you were taught and the get in community, what, what does it mean for you to walk through a book like this with other people and around other people? How does that change your experience of it versus trying to just read it alone and, oh, boy, isn't that nice? Well, I think all of us, when we got into this book, said, wow, I wish we would have done this when I was 20 years old. It, 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 the principles of it, um, the steps of it, are so um, basic, so fundamental, but it's just walking the, the walk that Jesus taught us to do, and it, it's a wonderful study. Mm. That's fantastic. And so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the details are we have enough hosts. Because you guys are leader, you know, helping the church, leading us through this. Um, we have enough host couples, but we're signing people up now. And it's important that we get details because there's a, a workbook that goes with it. Is that right? That's right. Where, are there any other details that, that we should be... Well, we're encouraging all small groups, whether you're, whether you're in a small group or not, um, all small groups to do this for the um, six weeks coming up in March. Um, go ahead and sign up, even if you're in a small group, so that we have some real um, current and accurate numbers of how many books, how many workbooks to order. Um, it's not just for couples. It's for the singles. We have a, a, a singles group that's going to meet every Wednesday night. And um, I believe the high school group may be considering doing it. So it's a wonderful study. Do sign up back here in the back. Is there a cost associated with, like, if, if we want to get involved and sign up for this? It's in the ballpark of about $6. The book itself generally runs about $20, but the church is covering part of that. So um, out of pocket, it's wow. going to be about $6. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for that. And will you be available to kind of field some questions after this? At the welcome desk. At the welcome desk? Yeah. 
will be at the welcome desk in the back as well as some of our other members of our small group. And so we'd really encourage uh, dropping by and, and visiting with us about this, and we can give you some more insights there. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much. So, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What do you guys think? You in? Can we do this? With God's help, we will. And God will use that process in us to do big things in our community. So um, we, we just have a couple. Uh, we're going to go over just a couple minutes. Um, Scott, if you want to make your way up, if you would stand, um, I'd love for us to close the service. And then Scott just has a couple more minutes about the uh, youth pastor position. Uh, sing with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.